Good evening, friend. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined, as always, by the one, the only, Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your weekend? Uh, exhausting. I had uh, camping, so. It oh was... yeah, that's a big, uh, the big families camping. Yeah. It's gotten out thing. of control now. <laughs> In uh, what's it? What's it called? Pine Ridge Camp. Uh, Lake? no. No, no, what? this was this one was at uh just McCormick's Creek. They it changes okay. every time. We we I I'm sure I've talked about this sh- show before, so I won't bore people, but it's just a group of friend, friends and family kind of people that all go twice a year, usually at Mother's Day weekend and then around fall breakish and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just camp. It's more like started as kind of a glamping thing where you not really roughing it too much, but um, the roughest part is sleeping in a tent. Um, but yeah, sure. the, uh, um, so yeah, it, it, that happened this weekend. It started with five or six families maybe. And then just only a few people get invited here and there. And then the last like two, three years, it's exp- grown ex- exponentially. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, it's kind of like how ICG con happened. You know, you get there and then all of a sudden everybody wants to come and they're like, they want to invite their favorite best friend in the world and (laughs) then you're like oh my gosh and you go to a thing that was like let's say 20 people that you know and you only see twice a year and you know it's nice and you just see these six families um and then now there's 12 20 families and you're like why is there 50 people here and (laughs) it kind of reminds me of um when my brother got into he was very hyped about um running D D, like mm-hmm. DMing. And he was making a map and building the whole world and all this like super ambitious stuff. And I'm like, man, you're you're going way more gung ho on this than I and I I was pretty gung ho. I read the dang rule book for Star Trek Adventures. But uh within his first like two sessions, he had too many players. Right? Like he told specific people and a couple of those guys told like three more people and they like they had never played D D before so they're like i mean it's the more the merrier right and he's right. you know he's telling me about right. it and i'm like oh no no yeah M- more is not the merrier it's in, not in this i mean up to a point and it depends on what you're doing it's like uh it's like so many things it's yeah and a I, question I of scale like you know in a in a small enough group a benevolent dictatorship is very efficient, <laughs> right. but that group hits a certain size and you're like, uh, yeah, yeah we, we, it's, and I, I can't complain too much about it because it's, uh, I'm one of those people that have kind of been, I wasn't one of the original group people, right? I right, just kind of got right. asked, invited in type thing. And, and I'm very happy with that. And, you know, the most I've ever brought is besides my kids, like a girlfriend and their kids. Or sure. You know? Um, but the, yeah, it just we, we let's put it this way. One of the biggest highlights of the camping trip is just everybody sitting around the fire at night, right? In a of big course. circle. And it got pretty big last time, but this time it was so big that we couldn't fit anywhere near the big circle. We had to have two separate fires and those mm. were huge. And then all of a sudden you're dividing the, the people up and they're like, yeah. yeah. Eh. So anyway, that was it's one like, part of uh, it. It's like cell mitosis. Yeah, every, every where, inter- where multiplication inter- and division mean the same thing. It's all it's 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 infinite, right? The limit is infinite. We're so, we're gonna get angry emails from our 
biology major <laughs> listeners. Right. Well, the, the, so that was, uh, that, that happened. And, you know, just like ICGCon, everyone's nice. It's not like that's, that's the problem or anything. You know, there it's every single new person that was there was happy, starry eyed, super fun, <laughs> kind people, of course. Right. So you couldn't say that, but it, it was very much like, I don't, I don't know what we did. We did play poker, which is like a, it was like a 30 person poker tournament thing. Jeez. Oh of, yeah. Got it. I saw it photos was, of that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that, that was cool. I didn't do so well. I mean, it's fine. You know, how poker is it's, you know, cards fall your way. They don't fall your way. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was weird because it started raining. There was the big, that's the big story of the weekend was that it was supposed to not rain at all and mm-hmm. get cool and be perfect weekend. And then as we went there on Friday, there was a small chance, like a 20% chance that it would rain Sunday morning. Um, and then that ch- turned in by Saturday morning into like a 60% chance that it will rain by six o'clock that night. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? And then mm-hmm. last all night. Crap. <laughs> so, so then it, it turned into it, you know, sure enough, right when it's supposed to be, it starts to get dark, it starts pouring down and we're doing all this stuff, which we've dealt with before, but I just kind of wasn't for it. And my girlfriend came and she had not been camping very often and this was not a happy, happy experience when it gets, it's wet, it gets cold. It's already kind of cool. Teenagers are there. Yeah. So the long and short of it is that it was, it was a very exhausting thing. Sure. And and you wake up the next morning and you have to tear everything down and it's pouring and you tear what you can and you're just pouring and I had to make multiple trips and yeah, I was, I was very, very, very exhausted. I got, and then that night I also had to take Sydney, my daughter to her, to the airport to go to her mom's. So my weekend started at like eight o'clock Friday morning and ended Sunday at 10 o'clock. And I had about six hours of sleep. <laughs> yeah, it, it was I'm sorry that took up like five minutes of our talk time for me to say it's, I'm exasper- exasperated here. It but. sounds like it sounds like your weekend was pretty intense. Yeah, and and not in a bad or good way, just a ugh, exhausting <laughs> way. I mean, it's not fun yeah, with people, I, you know. It's still nice seeing people and playing some games here and drinking lots yeah, of I, alcoholic we, beverages. My family, um, I mean, we have always gone camping at least occasionally like when i was a kid Mm -hmm. we'd do the what some people call car camping where you're at a state park and you're you know your car is right there you're just set up you know in in a tent and Mm -hmm. and whatever all the way to um you know we had a pop-up for a long time which was you know it was old when we had it so it's that whole that whole deal and then through the years that we did civil war reenacting we didn't do what we call modern camping yeah. uh, through that time because there was no, there was no point. I mean, we were already going between two and five times a a year in the summer, setting up tents, cooking on a fire, you know, wearing wearing you know reproduction clothes, uniforms, and stuff the whole time. Like the nine there, right there was no point in modern camping when you were already doing all of that stuff. <laughs> and we've gone a couple times since we've mostly gotten out of that hobby but uh yeah it it always because we did it and i don't know i don't think either of my parents families really did i mean my mom's parents were farmers like they didn't they wouldn't have had the luxury to just like go you know camp in the woods for 
fun. Um, yeah. And so I don't know where that came from, but we did it from some, such a young age that it's always baffling to me when I meet somebody who like doesn't know how to start a fire. Like even if yeah. they have scrap paper and matches, my <laughs> still can't do it. Yeah, this is the easy way. We're not like using flint and steel here. Yeah, uh, I, that, and that's, that's just that's not. How I, had it. I grew up with it's it. It's not too, universal thing. to everyone's to everyone's childhood like it is to mine. And, and I grew up minimalist camping. I, it's known that I'm kind of a poor kid, and we. If we had a tent to stay in, you know, it was a small tent and, Mm -hmm. and our, our camping consisted of going there. Our entertainment was cane poles and some worms because mom would get night crawlers and Mm -hmm. then playing outside on our own and tag and whatever around the lake until it got dark. If we were lucky, they'd have s'mores and hot dogs, Mm -hmm. then going to bed, waking up and going home. You know, that's just kind of how it was. We didn't have, and we had sleeping bags and we could bring our own pillow. That was it. Right. Right. So nowadays it was, you know, it's, it's a lot different too. When, now that I'm camping, cause I camped a lot when I was married and, and I have afterwards, but I'll tell you what, it's, it's a lot different being a single dad going camping because like no one is going to help you break down. No one is going to oh, help you right. hold, hold the other end of the tent <laughs> while you're folding it. And you know what I mean? You have to do everything. Sid doesn't so, listen to the show, does she? Yeah, no, she she probably does occasionally. The uh, she's gonna hear you she, throwing shade on her. Yeah, she she knows, she's kind of helps, but she's grumbly about it. Uh, yeah, but yeah. we had um, the things that I do too is that I, I've started to get where I I don't want to overpack. I, I have a Mustang, so it's not like I can put a lot in it. So I'm yeah. very limited in space, and I pack really well, and I is packed as much as it can get. But mm-hmm. you really don't have a whole lot. Uh, that you have space still. So um, I packed everything that I could, but I don't want to have to unpack it all because I'll have to repack it. Right. So of whatever course, it does, yeah. whatever I don't necessarily need, I'll leave in the car and let's say, Oh, I don't know if I'll need salt and pepper. I'll just leave the salt and pepper thing in the mm-hmm. car or I don't need if, know if I'll need all these blankets. I leave these blankets in the car. Well, yeah. everything that could go wrong with this week can happen, and mm-hmm. namely that uh, we decided to split with Pat, our our buddy who's been on the show, uh, mm-hmm. a just because you have to get campsites like six months in advance, right? And he was like, "Hey, just share with mine." Okay, cool. It's no, usually not a big deal. Turns out McCormick's Creek has very very small campsites, mm. so you we just barely squeezed on barely, um, and with like little room, and then. Um, they were super strict about any cars that were allowed back there at all. Yeah. So w- while I could while I could unload my car, I oh, had you to couldn't park leave it, it there. I couldn't leave it there. I had to park it in an overflow lot, I which see. was which was about like a five minute walk away. Fine. Mm-hmm. Then so I did that. I unloaded. I went back to the overflow lot, and they said, "Oh, we're really it's a really nice weekend, so our overflow lot is full. You have to park at the Nature Center four miles away." Mm. I was like, "What?" <laughs> so my car that had all the extra stuff that I did need, stuff, right. I had to rely on Pat, my buddy, to drive. And he was very nice. To, to shuttle you back to and shuttle forth. Shuttle me back when we forth. did uh, When we did reenacting, of course, nobody had their car, right? Because you're mm-hmm. you're trying to – the camp is supposed to be camp. some some approximation of a historical camp. Now, we were a family, and so we did family-style camping, which is – much more common in reenacting than it would have been historically, but they still would have had, you know, civilian, you know, service 
services people, whatever, like laundry, washerwomen and, and stuff like that that might have traveled or officers might have had families with them in certain certain contexts, right? There's like justification loopholes for stuff like that. But it was definitely part of our whole process that um, we had to have stuff hidden, right? If anybody's ever been to a a living history reenactment event, Civil War, Revolutionary War, any of that kind of stuff, um, anybody who's actually camping there has modern camping equipment hidden, right? We have actual coolers, even though they didn't have coolers at the time. Right. Like we have food that'll go bad. We're not we're not uh, recreating the past to the extent of like uh, you know getting scurvy and uh, gout from malnutrition or uh, <laughs> yeah th- that kind of stuff. But it was definitely part of the whole thing where we'd pull up, we'd get everything set up, we'd get everything unloaded, and it all went into a tent that nobody slept in, just like a storage tent. Because, yeah, all the cars were maybe not four miles away, but they were well out of sight. Yeah, still. Um, the travel go get them and stuff. And so when we, the first couple of times we did modern camping after doing that so much, we're like, oh, yeah, I mean, the car's right here. We're just leave stuff <laughs> yeah. in there that we don't need. This is nice. Yeah, just having a little extra storage bin type thing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so I'm I'm still kind of recovering. Um, on top of all that, I... I I don't like, how do I say this on the air with my future political career, but I don't drink excessively all the time, but sometimes I do. And when I do, I feel just like awful. I don't feel like hungover. I just feel like bleh for a while. And I drink more than I probably should have. Not a lot, but you know, a little bit more. I was, you know, there and I just felt that low grade bleh for until still today, just feeling like, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I was happy to get home and, and watch some, some shows and some Netflix and play a little bit of games. And I got to, even though I, I was resting, I, I still got to kind of, you know, you're in your own space. Type thing sure. And, sure. And enjoy. I did think about, I, this is how tired I knew I was. I was in Indianapolis. I dropped Sydney off. It was like eight o'clock. I dropped her off at the airport and I'm like, PM, PM. Okay. And I'm like, I, I, when I'm up here, I like to go see a movie at their nice theater they got up there. Mm-hmm. And I've got, you know, the AMC Plus Dubs Premium thing. I just go for free. I right. passed. That's how tired I was. I was like, man, I'm just going to go home. <laughs> uh, we went to the movies yesterday. Um, yeah? Mom Broke and dad off? got... Uh, no, up in uh, up in Michigan, uh, there's a place called Celebration Cinemas. They've been... they've. Um, remodeled with those really big uh recliner seats oh the, yeah that's that's what i was electric about, yeah. i don't know dad paid for everyone's tickets so i don't know how much the tickets were but they got back from idaho uh saturday evening and so we went out it was mom's birthday while they were gone and uh we went and saw the downton abbey movie oh did you like that i did it was um uh, have you seen the the series the show i, I have not seen the series i it's definitely i i have liked the, I like the Pride and Prejudice movie movies. I think I mean, the, the, the what we one. call the new one with uh, Kira Knightley. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I like I really did. I mean, I like the story anyway. But it's I like yeah. I like that movie, and I've seen it actually a couple times, and I I just like it. So, but I this, so Downton Abbey feels like something that I would like. It as it 
as it went on, it suffered a little bit from the the fatigue of a long running series where you're like, okay, I see they've they've used up all of their original best ideas and now they're you know have some more contrived kind of drama. But um, it's it's a kind of show where the the insults and the jabs and the the dramatic interaction is more subtle because of their relatively polite uh, English aristocratic nature right right like the burns um, aren't like sick burns over yeah it's but like they're still sick burns yeah one person is saying something you know horribly offensive to the other but there's no profanity and they're saying it in such a polite way that uh you know um it's just different from from so many other things and that's and that's something that i can appreciate from time to time sure and, th- and that i that's i like things like that you know um so how did it wrap up? Did it wrap up the series? Was it a was the series already wrapped up? The series was mostly wrapped up, um, particularly for the for the biggest characters. Um, they did give a little bit more closure to some of the some of the other characters. Um, the The theme of the movie is that the the king and queen come to visit. This is the king and queen in I want I think nineteen twenty seven. It's Okay. before queen elizabeth but okay. not not by much it's like by 10 years or something okay um cuz the series starts right after the titanic uh 1917 i want to say so is it was it just okay so there's there's a couple of these kind of tv series that have a movie you get firefly and that was a story capper like oh, we needed this yeah. to tell you to finish the whole plot of a season here's the story in it and then you've got um Oh, I'm trying to think of another one. Oh, Deadwood. Like Deadwood was mm-hmm. the same thing. Had a well, here's well the ending the fact, of it. Yeah. It was and it was like ten years after the fact. This one I think yeah. is what, four or five years, something like that, I think since if at, I'm at most, yeah. Uh so they but I don't know was if this was like, oh, you've already had this is just a an extra episode. Oh, I guess uh same thing with like the Star Trek things. The Star Trek series, let's say the next generation, ended. And it had a good ending, mm-hmm. and then they then they come out with movies that are. Well, I always view them as extras. They're like extra bigger episodes. Yeah. Was that was this like that? Um, in a lot of ways, yeah. It's it's longer form, right? Because it's a movie. the The royals come to visit, so that's a big deal. Um. Uh, nobody dies, but um. You do get some of that kind of level of of storytelling. There's a lot of drama going on with different characters at the same time, which is very similar to the show. That it's it's kind of like Game of Thrones, where the the cast is so broad that there's always several several stories going on all at the same time. Um, it's just a just a digress here for a second i've picked Mm -hmm. up um deep space nine again okay recently after after our most recent klingons and dragons session it happens at the same time as the the battle where the changelings get revealed to be to be public and so i'm in season five of ds9 and it's amusing to me to see the formula because even though the the seasonal narrative of deep space nine is is serial right stuff is still advancing the episodes are still almost always like 
a complete encapsulated story, an episodic story. And there's never an episode of Star Trek that's just one story. There are always at least two, and sometimes three. It's okay. like while, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Zimmerman, who's the guy that made the EMH, so the EMH looks just like him, right. is is trying to make uh, a medical hologram out of Julian, and we're finding out about his past. Like, at the same time, Nog is trying to flirt with the Dabo girl and has some some struggle over there. It's like these two, right. and those happen to inter- interlap, overlap a little bit, but... Sometimes it's just two completely different stories because of that ensemble casting. And that's that's how Downton is, too. Like, it's split between the family, the aristocrats living in the house, you know, on the main floors. Yep. And all of the servants who work in the basement and live in the attic and, you know, go back and forth. And they have all of their issues and drama at the same time that the different family members have their issues and drama. Plus... A couple of people in the village um, that might have something going on. There's just always all of these interlapping. I don't know why I can't inter- interwoven, overlapping stories uh, to to keep track of to keep things interesting. In the same way, again, as a show like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Well, I it's it's one that I, I I've thought about. There's so many things to watch. It's it, it falls online. I'm going to have to choose between one of the two. I'm going to have to choose between watching The Crown or Downton Abbey. I think when I'm my next, you know, hunger to watch one of those shows is going to be one of those two. Um, <laughs> the so Crown I, is very well made. I've heard that. I heard it's really. And it's also probably not like as many seasons long. And but. well, it's still being made, and I think they've had. Three, maybe just two though. Hmm. I have to. I, have to, I think I want to watch one of those. I did get. To, I actually now that I think about, it, I did a week ago. I got. I got to the theater. There's only for a kids show. I watched that show, The Abominable, hmm. which was very like the, the snowman. The yeah. Well, Bumble. yeah. It's he's a yeti. Bumble, Bumble's bounce. Kind of like thing. Yeah. Oh, speaking of yetis. Speaking of Yetis, okay. That's not a not a segue that I thought I would ever do. Um right. I bought the uh the BlizzCon um what's it called? The the ticket, the remote ticket. That they have oh. a word for it. The digital pass. Oh you oh that's to go and see all the stuff that's happening. Well it, I will it gives I will you, say it gives you access to all of the 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 video streams and the panels while the event is going on. Now, have you ever bought that before? I have not. No. I was going to say, I over the much... years as as I've gotten more sort of, well, let's be honest, disposable income. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gotten to the realm of possibility to say, like, man, if I could find one more person who would be interested, I could I could see flying out to Anaheim and going <laughs> to this crazy. Gen Con just for Blizzard games, like that sure, would be, sure, and never that's never been more than like just a flight of fancy. But right. um, they have a bunch of digital rewards for all their games. Um, yeah. The reason you, do, I, you are playing several of them right now. I'm playing several of them right now. In Heroes of the Storm, you get a Celestial Crab mount that looks like a Starfield sort of crab, and in WoW, in WoW retail. Um, you get a transmog set that looks like a Yeti uh, costume. It's like big, <laughs> Funny. fuzzy feet. Like if you ever seen 
giant plush slippers, right, right that right. look like monster feet, and then a onesie sort of pajama thing with uh, wait, wait, with nothing, claws and a nothing for WoW Classic, no Yeti for <laughs> WoW Classic. No, well, I mean WoW Classic has to stay pure, right? Yeah, Hashtag yeah. no changes. Can't, can't so. be fun. No, can't be fun. Uh, the the fun is in the challenge. The fun, so, fun is in the in the, the in the slapping so, of the the whip on you. Yes. Yeah. Um, exactly. On the challenge is in the grind. The happiness is in the grind. People mm-hmm, mm-hmm. find it in there. Um, yeah. So that that actually sounds. I, I'm not. I'm not surprised by that. Simply because I have felt it in the last month of this building up of like anticipation of wonder of what is going to happen with blizzard from you like this and what is going to happen and what i just i just yeah there are big there are big announcements coming up and i thought it would be valuable for the show it was part of justification (laughs) i Um, I love how you justification is right right for for me to see that and and show it and depending on on what's going on maybe i'll Maybe I'll make the trip down to Bloomington and we can watch stuff together. I don't know. If oh, that would be cool. That like, weekend, see, but, see the big announcements and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do. I do have. I've always had interest in, in those kind of things. I've always wondered what the digital pass value would have been on something like that because you'll find out within the next twenty minutes about what it is. You know, yeah, people will talk about stuff. They'll re, you know, and mostly Blizzard releases the, the videos and the stuff right away. The the big stuff, they're you know cinematics and and all of that, yeah, right. So besides, so I've always assumed that it was for the in game items and for um, just being the first, you know, type to to know that kind of prestige. Yeah, or maybe being in some kind of conversation while it's happening, like watching a sporting event or something. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, actually. Really doing it like you're what you're talking about coming in and seeing with multiple people that makes sense too. Like if you've got several people that want to, you know, are playing the games with you, and you kind of all sit around on a big TV and put it on the cast it on the thing and see it all live. That's kind of cool, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't you, you don't do that the next day when it's released and everybody watches it on their own. Yeah, no, yeah, no. that's different. So yeah, that, that's cool. Well, and it'll be fun to see all the stuff that I know that you've been excited about. Hopefully, there they'll have some good news i'm actually now that we talked about it a week or two ago wondering if they will have any announcements for wow classic at all um just because of you know i mean i don't i don't know if they'll have something big like what comes next they do have six phases planned out so i think at the very least they're maybe going to give some numbers or some dates or some so I mean, vague. you can't really do anything more with WoW Classic except that, like, okay, here's the timeline, right? I mean, like, I mean, people have people have thrown ideas out, like they could move it forward into Burning Crusade, which is a right. thing. Maybe they'll right, do. but there's nothing new going to happen. There's you're not going to be like here. They're announcing a new class for you, right? They, I mean, they could. I mean, they I, could do like they're I don't changing think it that they will. Game, one right? of one of the ideas I've heard is um is to add new content like design more raids there are still a bunch of places in the world where they connected in stuff later caverns of time and and all that those those holes where something could be ported in are are still there i mean they can do whatever they want i don't know but you know that seems like a long shot i still hold and maintain my position that that's a load of horse shit that will never happen sorry i said words on the radio (laughs) that's i i mean i did say i don't think they would it's just a cool (laughs) idea like if there's a player base 
that sure. loves this and can make this 40-man rating format work and really want to do that, and they can get people to subscribe for that who wouldn't subscribe for the retail experience, then you know they can have a small team you know, slowly oh, yeah. designing new content for that in parallel to so, the yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. If, if this launch brought in as, as much people or even, let's say, 60, 70 percent amount of people that they have for live or whatever it's called, like the real one retail, um, retail, then sure. I can see them saying like, OK, well, that's worth it. That's a that's a worth it. Let's put our team together. Yeah, it, it just depends on where the tail is. And I'm and I'm with you. I don't I don't know about the longevity. I know in our tiny sample size of me and our friends uh zon and pete um we're we're getting close to 60 but uh but pete bought the um you know it's the same subscription so he bought when it was on sale the retail game and has been experimenting with alts over there and trying different horde characters and stuff we're getting to the okay we're here it's been a month let's take a look at some other stuff you know if we get to if we get to the raids most of the raids aren't out yet they're in the later phases of oh, yeah of classic and so we're like well am i gonna am i gonna start leveling an alt in classic or am i gonna go do some stuff in retail and Wait, the, can't you like start building up gear and grinding gear to get to anixia gonna happen and stuff like that you can you can but what's happening is a lot of the stuff that people used to think was necessary back in the day, 14 years ago, is not really that necessary. Like people used to farm up and and whatever, accumulate different kinds of resistance gear. And we've discovered in the intervening years that it's more efficient to just get everybody's damage high enough that you can just push through that stuff. Um, yeah. Because we've got you know, 14 years of experience and knowledge. But you should be able to know like the final sets. Like you should be able to know like Anixia is going to come in. I'm going to be the tank. Therefore, whenever they launch a Nixia raid, I need to have this because I know what it's going to be. Right. Like you guys aren't, you guys haven't done that yet though. Right. Like you haven't got your raid gear. ready. No, no, we're, we're still in the, in the fifties level. Our buddies on might, might be, might be pretty close to 60 now because he's been uh, between contracts and has more free time. Right. But yeah. Yeah. So, wow. I don't remember uh, what we were talking about. We jumped from thing to thing. Oh, because you said Yeti. I said Yeti. Uh, So I flipping back over there, I I did watch Abominable. It was cute. It's a it's a kid movie. So it's Mm -hmm. what you expect it to be. And it was it's fun. And uh, thankfully, it wasn't terribly long. It was just where it it needed to be. You know, like sometimes it's good as a guy, as a parent, one, two, as uh, someone who goes to movies with littler kids. It's nice to be able to go to the theater. I like sitting in in the nice dark room with big screen and colors and stuff, having mm-hmm. that experience. And, you know, you can't always do that because you've got kids to go and go. So you can still do that and have an okay show. It wasn't like Shrek or something where like, it's just as good for the adult as the kid, but you know. Right. Um, so that one movie that's out, I really can't promise that I'm going to go to it for sure this weekend because I'm <laughs> supposed to go out of town this weekend, probably from jo- Friday to thing. But I might see it Friday at the, the matinee. Joker movie? see the Joker movie. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really torn on it. And all the reviews okay. coming back seem to be from mixed. the people that I know or trust are, are mixed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I probably will watch it anyway. The um, 
our buddy Fox has a good review on it on LRM. And he, I still felt after I reading it, not knowing what I should know. Mm-hmm. Um, no offense to him. It's just kind of like, that's how everybody's is. The, the, the Rotten Tomato scores are going 90% for the audience. And I think 60% for critics. So that's positive. It means what's it's a the good movie? What's the critic percentage? I think it's sixty percent. Sixty six. So the numbers are close. Thirty percent difference. I mean, it depends on what you think is close, but you you uh, the connection so, cut out there. I didn't hear the. Oh, two sorry. Seventy percent. Seventy percent for critics. Ninety percent for audience. Okay, that's good. In general, depending on what it is, I trust audience scores more than critic scores. But yeah, I agree. The, although as we keep doing this podcast and watch more and more movies, my my opinion trends closer to the critic score, which is yeah. just a consequence of that's a little disturbing actually. <laughs> well, it's it's just how it works. Like critics see everything, and so when you get something really predictable and cliche, a critic is more likely to go uh, okay again. Yeah, again we've yeah. seen this or yeah. Yeah, you're not ama- as as amazed at, at the smaller things as you once were. Um, yeah, so uh, there there's a, and I think that that's a good example of like this abominable movie. It's like it was doing all the things that were fun that I've seen in so many other kind of kid movies before, and the reason it was just okay was because I've, it there was nothing new here, hmm. and you know to the seven year old that I went with, it was great and fun and, and magical and entertaining. <laughs> And that's sure. actually really what matters. That's the audience score, right? So, yeah, yeah. I guess you know it depends on where. A good thing on those Rotten Tomato scores is where where does your movie watching experience fit in? And I think if it's a a long time big huge movie buff, you do tend to fall in the critics closer to the critics score. But if you're just kind of a casual person and you like movies in general, then audience score usually is where you say that. Well, and it depends on what kind of mood you're in. What you, you know, I mean, we've talked about the Christmas Prince movies on this podcast and those are completely like, (laughs) well, true. Yes. It's just cliche from start to finish. But if, you know, if you know that going in and that's what you expect, then it does that very well. Oh man. I I can't believe we actually watched the Christmas Prince. movie. (laughs) So bad. So bad. (laughs) Really bad. Are we having another, one of those like terrible movies for, for this year? I don't know. We'll see as the holidays get closer. We'll find something. We might end up watching that movie our buddy Pete watched. Uh, oh, that looked awful what, too. About the inn? What's that I called? don't even know. Love You Inn or some kind of stuff. I was, I, I was proud of my uh, of my prediction and how accurate it ended up being, knowing, it, nothing, I, knowing nothing about that. Was it just really bad? I can't remember what you had predicted. Uh, the movie is called Falling In Love. Yeah. It's in with two N's. Yeah. And uh and our friend Katie asked if it was um akin to the Christmas Prince. And I said, I'm assuming one of the characters has a well paying soulless job in the city and has to spend a holiday in a small town hotel where they learn the value of simpler life and fall in love with a local who's possibly a single parent. <laughs> because that describes so many movies, especially holiday right. rom coms. Right. And uh was I looked, right on. I looked it up, um, she ends up inheriting a hotel. And and she has to come and deal with it or something? Um, 
She's a city girl. When city girl Gabriella spontaneously city enters girl. a contest and wins a rustic New Zealand inn, she teams up with big-hearted contractor Jake Taylor to fix and flip it. Right? So, so she has, she's a city girl, and she lives in a hotel in the countryside and meets a good old boy who's a contractor. It's so, like... Every every one of these stories is just some version of like a Christmas Carol, but a love story. Yeah, right. And 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 while I'm just like super grown worthy on it, I mean seriously, if I was nineteen, twenty two, I'd probably be game for this. He'd probably like I've not seen <laughs> Sweet Home Alabama seventeen times and right. every every other kind of one of these shows because they're just such the same thing. But again, if you haven't seen them many times they're fantastic because they're right. just wholesome or good and or if yeah, that's I, all you want like you don't want to have to like pay really close attention and try to predict the twist and because there always is one right yeah okay well you know i'm sure we'll have to sit through one one of those things like crazy the uh so let's let's switch over here real quick um i speaking of sweet and gross like high schoolish mm. type things. I last week I did not get to um, watch our 2020 challenge, which right. is the was Mean Girls, uh, yep. but I finally caught up and I got a chance to learn all about. Is it Fleck, Fletch, Fleck, Fleck, Flick, Flick? I don't remember. The Fetch, Fetch. Also you, also, you can't sit with us. I can't sit. Yes, can't sit with us. So let's let's go to this week's uh, 2020 challenge. <laughs> All right, I'm going to hit the spoiler bell here, though, again, this is a movie that is not, uh, doesn't live and die by its, by its twist ending, but. Oh, or it. anything at all spoilerish would matter, no, I think. No, not, not really. All right, this is a 2004, um, uh, what's her name? Tina Fey written, um, high school girl drama school experience it's just i I mean i guess i don't i don't quite know how to describe this it's like a it's like a john hughes movie for millennials yeah it's it's every high school movie but focusing on girls yeah i mean that that's what this is yes and and it is everything that you would expect it to be I mean, just just saying those words that we said is exactly what this movie is. What I didn't know is they did not know it was a Tina Fey and Amy Poehler movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, because they have their movies. A lot of a lot of '90s era SNL um, alums, or whatever you call it, Anna Gasteyer, uh, Tim Meadows, as yeah. you said, Tina Fey and um, Amy and Amy Poehler. Poehler. There's at least and, one and, more in there, but and that's that's what happens a lot of times with. Saturday Night Live, and that's why Saturday Night Live, for some reason, is still going on, is because they have these eras of where they will, the cast members will do actual movies. Yeah, it's like a farm league for Hollywood. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't always pay off, but sometimes it does. But at the very least, it gives you this kind of B-movie fodder, mm-hmm. right? The Adam Sandler movies, right? right? That's that's exactly what, what Saturday Night Live engine is for. Thus, it creates things like Mean Girls. Um, did you've seen this? I have not seen this. Okay. This, this was the first time that I'd, I'd seen this. Oh, wow. Um, I liked it. 
and was also sad at the same time because every time I watch a movie with what's her name, her name Lindsay Lohan, Lindsay Lohan, it makes me sad because sure. of because she seems like such potential and is such a great thing that like this she could do lots of movies and then grow and become a you know better actress and have all this thing and then knowing what happened to her, it's like. There's nothing more. This is who, she, sure. who she's going to be ever stuck in this kind of thing. And you know she, that's that's the thing that um, that you said you didn't do is you're thinking about the meta. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> this was the actress, which was you know you're right. Yeah, it, of course. Like it, in isolation, this movie. If you if you as two months ago, Mike Daniels would say. I don't care about any of that. It just do I like this movie right now? And I'm just I'm you know. Yo no yeah yeah yeah. I'm giving you a hard time because we, we, in doing this podcast, we talk so much more than two normal guys would would (laughs) talk that I notice all the inconsistencies and I'm sure you and our listeners do with me where it's either that or I say the same stuff all the time. Right. Um, And and that's why I said I, I I like this movie. I started off with that one. I I do like this movie. And then the, the caveat is that, you know. It, it did make me sad about the Lindsay Lohan. It, that didn't affect my liking the movie. I will say, it just mm. you know, I, I had in the back yeah. of my head that like Lindsay Lohan, and uh, a couple of things too is that like several of the other characters were good in it, or were did their roles, but I didn't. I haven't seen them in a lot of other things. On the flip side, uh, who's the main bad guy girl name? What's her name? Rachel uh, McAdams. Rachel um, McAdams has done several other things. This. This was made in the same year as another movie we watched, uh, The Notebook. Oh, well, that, well, she and she was in that. Okay. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the meta thing that I can't escape because of how my brain works. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm not going to get these numbers right, but um, Lindsay Lohan, when they made this movie, was 18. She's the okay. only one who's close to appropriately cast for her age. Oh um, yeah, that that bothered me a lot in this movie. Rachel McAdams is like 26 and yeah. Amy Poehler who's supposed to be playing her mom is like 32 or 3. Right. There's a very small gap um right. between those ages. And then um Amanda Seyfried and uh Lacey Chabert are, are in between there somewhere. They're in like their mid 20s. Yeah, I I that was very much aware to me and that's something I wanted to mention here is that the in no stretch were these girls high school. I mean, they were they were right. college girls at best, you know. Yeah. And, and and you look and they're like, oh, they're the hot girls and they're the they're the plastics because they're like Barbies. I'm like, yeah, when you're 23, 24, 25, <laughs> not not when you're 17. At the end, they show the up and coming junior, the new plastic girls. And, and those group those, of girls uh, look they, about appropriate. They do look like 16, 17 year olds. Yeah. I'm like, okay, then. But no way does Rachel McAdams look like she's like 16 in, in this movie or or any of them. And I was like, oh, that's just. Yeah. I mean, this. this It's fine. But that, this that topic, really took the. What's, what's interesting and noteworthy about it to me is the span. Right. Just between right. the different relative ages. Like we watched my sister and I watched like two and a half seasons of CW's Rain, which yeah. is it's like this, but set in, you know, uh, medieval or Renaissance France. I don't know what what you call a period of time. Mary, Queen of Scots was alive, but uh, it's very like. It's set in that era, but it's just standard CW romance trope. But yeah. there's like a there's like a mother son 
um, character duo. The actors right. are like two years apart. It's I just a, a very, um, you know, young looking male actor and a and an older looking actress. Um, I mean, just like, it, who do they think of their audience when they have an eight? They're casting an eighteen year old. That's they're actually casting a twenty six year old playing an eighteen year old, and they cast a thirty three year old mom that's clearly thirty three. And you're like, or dad? I'm like, do they think the audiences are this dumb? <laughs> I mean. You know, Amy Poehler's character is supposed to be this, like, cool... And so, if you don't know, it's not as bad as as the reality. Like, Rachel McAdams here is... I mean, I think I said this when we watched The Notebook. Like, she's playing much younger than she is. Like, if you looked at them, like, early in the movie, Lindsay Lohan looks very young. But if you look at them acting together you know, later in in different, you know, Lindsay Lohan's makeup and, and wardrobe changes a lot throughout this movie. But mm-hmm. you look at them side by side, you would not think that they're almost 10 years apart. You might, well, like, Rachel McAdams is clearly older, but maybe yeah. not that much older. Well, I felt like when Rachel McAdams is sitting in the in the audience at the end there, and they're, you know, they're having the, the big meeting about all, with all the girls, and she completely sticks out. She looks like she's a mm. teacher. In the middle of all these kids. Hmm. And like it was just very striking to me. And now I will say this as maybe as a devil's advocate type thing. When you're a kid, a teenager particularly, who are the target audience for this show, the differences between people who are 30 and the people who are 20-ish is massive. Someone who over is, they look at somebody who is 30 as old. Like is definitely an older person and mm-hmm. well on in, into their years of life. So if you cast somebody who's like thirty two, that's no difference than if they were fifty. I mean, okay. it's, right? It's that's just how kids see things. But if you are seventeen year old and then you see a younger ish person, then you just there's just a gap. There's you know you don't have this gray area between twenty and twenty eight. To you, mm-hmm. twenty eight is the same thing as eighteen. I mean, it really right. is. Yeah. Um, but but as soon as someone hits 30 or 32 and becomes like a parent, they might as well be 50. And you know? we all know this, but I'll point it out anyway. Um, the, the simple reality is that the younger a character is, until you hit a certain like bottom end threshold where there's no acting happening, it's just you know, what we would call method, but it's just a person acting themselves. It's the reason that so few child actors succeed to become adult actors. Right. Um, because as a child, they just acted themselves and, yeah. were, you know, we're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's rare for a teenager to act at their age, right? Um, right. You know, Lindsay Lohan. Somebody else that's not them. Lindsay Lohan was so successful because she could act and play characters right at her age in a way that worked and was believable. Um, it's unusual for a 17 year old to be a good actor. You right. know, the, you're right in that awkward stage of life. Um, and so that's why almost and that, that bracket goes down until you get to child actors. But the example I always give is Ron Howard. Um, yeah. You watch the Andy Griffith show and, Ron Howard is a little bit cheesy, a little bit hammed up sometimes, but mm-hmm. 
you watch an episode where he's interacting with some other kid and you're like, oh, wow, this six-year-old can act as a six-year-old. Where the <laughs> other kids are like, you can tell they're getting too much stage direction or or something. It just is not, it's not believable. It's like the... Yeah. Uh, it's like the daughter in Modern Family, where you're like, oh, okay, that's funny, but clearly an adult wrote that joke. Yeah, right, right. Well, the the uh, the age besides moving on from the age difference thing mm-hmm. here with these these characters that which Sorry. was no, no, I agree. That's that's a striking and thing, and I have to. It's so noticeable that you just have to move on from it, right? You just yeah, have to realize yeah. that, that okay, this is not a show to take seriously, right? right? And and maybe that's a that's a thing that helped that along too was that i immediately realized that this is over the top this is she walks in at the beginning and they start doing all this stereotypes and the cliches and you're like okay this is one of those things just accept it and move on because if you're not the whole show you're just going to be hitting yourself in the head (laughs) right um so so that was good and they they hit i don't know i guess every generation has something like this like the breakfast club or right um these kind of kind of shows that's or even my daughter's was high school musical. Okay. You know, it's it's a it's a high school thing about angsty teens or their troubles with clicks. Mm-hmm. I mean seriously, that's what those show the high school musical is. That's what every Disney teen show is about. That's what every um like I said, the Breakfast Club is. It's dealing with these things. And Mean Girls is doing that same thing just for that generation. Um, and they, I don't know, does the movie bring anything new to the table from those besides Um, her getting hit by a bus randomly? (laughs) That is, that is pretty funny. And that's the icon, uh, for the, from the poster. Um, there's a lot of kind of, um, active deception and, um, this, the sense of like, uh, going undercover and losing yourself in the cover thing like a sure. spy kind that. of kind of story that works um I mean, you see the works right you see the evolution of of this character the katie character as she she starts the movie as one person and then as she tries to go into this cover she um has a little bit of uh I want to call it fake it till you make it, which is the sort of psychological concept for what's happening, except she doesn't want to, she's not trying to make it, but what happened, you know, she tells a lie so often that she starts to believe it herself kind of thing. I I think for me, the point where it went from, eh, this movie is okay to, I kind of like this movie was that scene where she you know ripped up the pages and showed it to everybody that got to be very over the top with <laughs> fights and stuff like that which was fine right. but at that point when that happens goes on like it goes on for a bit yeah and in in every other show that i've watched this and i would have expected to happen was that uh regina you know he tell he tells or i can't remember she goes to the I can't remember, what is it happened they tell her Oh, I know what it is. It's when the friends confront her and tell her she's just like the new Regina. And and all of a sudden it dawns on the main character that she has 
fallen into the trap and she's not this person. Her parents now have grounded her for the first time and she <laughs> needs to just throw off this persona, get back to her roots. And then, then you have the monologue at the end that says, and Regina was, you know, found out, everybody found out they hated her, the betas, th you know, thing, and we're all happy. And this is how it is. It just goes into that in monologue. But this one, you know, after that happened and Regina was, you know, uh, you know, had her fall from grace, she doubled down and caused this huge scene that the, the writing that the writers decided to like, just talk about, they just were going to talk about to the girls. And the last like 15 to 20 minutes of the show felt like I am a female writer, Tina Fey writing mm -hmm. this to high school girls, how I wish that it would have really actually gone down in high schools where we all sit and we talk about it and we all come out and we all talk about it and have a pot. I could see Tina Fey writing this. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. So mm -hmm. I appreciate this. I appreciate this as somebody who says, I wish this would happen and I wish we could come together and have things like trust falls. Granted, <laughs> nothing like that would ever happen. They'd get in the gym and they'd say, has anybody ever been wronged? And no one would raise, no their one hand. raise their hand. Right. Right. But this was such a, a great bubblegum type, wish type thing it made me feel good which made me feel like this is a little bit better than just what a normal formulaic ending could have been sure and then they give you that you know five minutes later <laughs> um but i liked that i liked that whole sequence there i feel uh, like there was a lot of movie left after that whole trust fall sequence it's yeah like, they, they, they should have cut it it's, it's like bit. you said in a in a in some other movie that would have been the lead up to the conclusion in the epilogue where they, they gave it a little more time to breathe and you do the, um, the mathlete thing and the, and the prom, the crowning. Yeah. And there was a little bit too much there at the end though. I think it felt With okay. The like the, the whole movie is only like 97 minutes long. So it's <laughs> yeah, fine, but it's not that much. Right. Yeah. But I, you're right though. If they, if they had, had gone to the trust fall thing, and which is where I did expect it to, to end again for the second time. Like, okay, this is good. They, they're wrapping up. Everyone's to coming together and then they're going to do it. And they lived happily ever after thing. And then all of a sudden they had the best friend come up there and just burn down Katie. And I was like, oh, they're just keeping going. Okay. Now they're going into act four, five, something like that. <laughs> but it's, it's weird. And like you said, it wasn't a long movie. So it wasn't like terrible. Yeah, I'm not, not saying bad. that as a bad thing. It just yeah. it gave the movie a little time to breathe after that to kind of, to an extent, deal with the fallout of that it confrontation. Did. Right, which which a lot of movies of this kind wouldn't. They would just say, and yeah. they'd have the half happily ever after. So that's what puts this movie into the this was pretty good kind of thing. It it was a little different. It gave, it it the pacing was fast and well done if i actually looked at like this happened then this happened then this happened mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. it, it it didn't the training montage time where she converts from her normal self to a plastic doesn't take terribly long no. but long enough yeah so yeah mean girls was okay i will say i thought i would find more like pop culture references that i've heard of since then in this movie and i didn't like hmm. the 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 Fletch thing, or I can't, I still can't remember what it Fetch. is. But Fetch, Late, the Fetch uh, thing is um, the only one. Gretchen Wieners throughout the movie, Lacey Chabert's character keeps trying to describe things as Fetch, like that's so right. Fetch, and eventually, right. um, Regina, Regina just right. calls. She's like, "Stop trying to make Fetch happen." 
Right. And that's a, that's like a little, one of those pop cultural phrases that I've heard forever, like stop trying to make fetch happen. And I didn't know what that was. One of those inside joke type things, but I thought this movie would have a lot more and it really didn't. It was like, yeah, mm. there's not a, there's not a ton of quotable, um, stuff. And the only, I thought of this just running back through the movie in my mind, trying to think of anything that stuck out to me lines wise. Um, the only things that really date it, aside from, you know, as time goes on, we'll see more of that kind of stuff. Like there's no, there are no smartphones yet and um, and stuff like that. But um, the Regina character uses the word retarded a lot, mm-hmm. which right. even in 2004 was on its way out. Mm-hmm. But now, unless you're, you know, in some toxic corner of of gamer culture you don't hear anymore yeah um and uh i said the cell phone thing i thought i had one more of those but now it's oh the maybe the the character the guy character with the pink shirt who's gay but there's he's maybe it's it's never clear like that would be emphasized more and made more clear sure. if this were made now, but that's such a minor thing. It's hardly worth mentioning. Yeah. The, the, uh, yeah. And the, obviously with any high school movie, movies, fashion is a thing that, you know, will make age it. And not, but, but sure enough, I'm telling you as, as soon as <laughs> it gets out of fashion, they'll make another one. Right. Right. You know, I watched this, um, again with my, my two sisters. Uh, one is, I'm going to have to figure out exactly how old she is because I keep <laughs> yeah, referencing her. Right. She's, she's four like years 19, younger than me. So she's, and then she's 32, she's you said. 34, was, was and okay. the one is 34, and my youngest sister is going to be 20 um, okay. later this month. And she kept I, commenting I hope that those on, two don't listen to this show because they, they're going to hate you that you're always forgetting their ages. I cannot imagine, since they live in the same house that I do, that they really want to sit and listen to me talk for <laughs> 90 talk minutes. Talk again. Um, not only are you not supposed to ask a woman your age, if you're constantly quoting their age incorrectly, it's right, even right. worse. So. Um, my older sister is in her 30s, and my younger sister is going to be 20. So she's she's out of high school, but you know, close to this demographic. And she kept commenting on Lindsay Lohan's outfits, which were really all over the place. Like some of them were really good and some of them were really bad. You mean when she was a plastic? Yeah. I mean, she doesn't really have outfits outside, except when she's wearing a gigantic pink shirt. Well, that's what I'm saying. She wears her like normal outfits and then she wears the pink shirt, which is still kind of her normal character's pick of clothes. And then from then on, it turns into plastic clothes. This is... Yeah, That's when they go shopping. I mean, they, they have a little shopping thing, and then all, from then on, she's wearing the plastic clothes. There's a there's a party where she has a dress that's kind of okay, um, but a lot of it is is just awful. Like, what what is this? Um, right. right. But, I mean, I don't know. That's whatever my opinion is worth. I'm well out of this demographic. <laughs> well, so m- moving that into like a, a final judgment ish kind of thing without asking the questions you're going to ask here in a minute. I, okay. I, I do want to add this before that is that um, I, there is no way by any of our standards before or after that would make this in any way land on any kind of bucket list for me. I don't know from any kind of cinematic thing to 
what it does differently to anything that would set this film as a must see in your life movie. Okay. I You I, answered the that, question before I could ask it. Well, that's yeah, is that what it is? I guess so cuz the thing is like is it worth worth watching? Yeah, it's worth watching. I think it's a fun movie. And I can say that it's a fun movie to watch and I can get entertainment out of it. But does it belong on a bucket list? No. I mean, I I don't know any bucket list that would include this one for any reason and I don't know why. And I guess it's kind of a question to you. What why why what qualifies it to be on this poster at all? Well, let's let's roll back to a question that I've asked sometimes over the over the weeks and months that we've been doing this challenge. Um, you have the idea of a bucket list, right? A bucket list is a list of things to do before you die. So some movies on this list are feel-good classics. Some of them are significant. The Charlie Chaplin film. So some movies are there because you should enjoy them. Some movies are there because you should understand where something happened where something started a lot of a lot it's of that movies cinematic honestly. significance type so thing. yeah cinematic significance um but another another factor that i think sometimes comes into play is that um whoever when they were putting together this list maybe had some kind of pseudo list in their mind of movie genres or movie types and so that you're saying this person for their their high school drama movie chose Mean Girls. Exactly. So if you look through this list and you're like, why is the notebook on here? They wanted one straight romance, romance genre, uh, romance drama, and said, which one should we pick? Um, and they picked that one. You know, yeah. Based on a Nicholas Sparks novel, it's pretty, uh, pretty safe. It's it's funny that kind of like the the profile from watching these movies of of what I'm building in my head of the the author of this list. <laughs> I mean, uh, because if I'm that's almost the, certain if that's it was key, it was a group of people, but well, that's say, my profile. So if if that was true, I I and this was the the reason for it existing on this list. How they can justify putting that on, but not the Breakfast Club? I mean, I. I the Reckless Club think, is not on this list, and I'm like, what? And that depends on your audience, right? It could be forgiven for not for picking a more contemporary teen movie over one from the 80s, right? But that just I don't know. That just conflicts with a lot of the other reasons why they pick other movies. Like, why did I pick this one? Well, because it was it was one of the first, or like, okay, if you're gonna stick with that criteria then stick with it with your other it just doesn't mean i mean it's so i'm saying yeah. it's like one week there's justification one way and then another week is justification the other way and well what I, what I understand of course is, because right. because it's subjective well here's here's something i'd like i'd like to propose that i i was thinking of and i should have i probably should have talked to you this off air but we can always do our like conversations on air okay um is the is the um we're coming up on about halfway through this list here pretty in close a yeah months. Um, and you know, on our, on our website that we have the front porch podcast.com, right? We, we've got the hundred movie challenge. If you haven't been there, it's a link at the top right hand corner. And we have the, the dates that we're watching, what we're watching. And you can link to the IMDB articles. Um, it, what do you think about putting two extra columns in there? Like, and what I'd like to see is 
is this something is this movie just an X or not a movie that would be on your bucket li- list or would it be on like Michael's bucket list or Dennis's bucket list? And that way I could say like the Shawshank Redemption. Yes, I would definitely include this on my on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. And then and then at the end of the time, we can come down and say like, OK, w- there are like 20 movies that we have open slots. And then at the end of the time we could fill those slots in and say, here's the movies that I think that should be on there that aren't on the list. Um, yeah. And, I mean, we could, we could do that. We could do that as we go. We can also add what I would like to add is at the end of this segment that we have here to, to just have a moment of, does this belong on a bucket list, 100 bucket list? And then we could say yes or no. And then if you say yes, I'd like to say why you think it belongs on a list. Because I'd like to know this one for like, for example, why does this one belong on a list on your list? Okay. Right. Because like, you would, I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'm here and you're saying that, yes, it should go on your list. Well, I'm, I'm I know somewhat, I just sprung this on you, but yeah, I mean, yeah, no, no, you're, you're fine. Um, there's a combination of, there's a combination of, yes, I think that, and also if you gave me the choice between this movie and breakfast club, I would pick this movie Um, or this movie or, or just, I guess just does this movie belong on your bucket list? That's the, that's the only question, not in categories or anything. Does it belong on your 100 movie watch before you die movies? Oh man. I mean, it's never a simple answer with me, but <laughs> it is a simple answer. Yes or no. It's, it's, it's a binary I, answer. <laughs> I, I think so. Yes. Because I think if you're only going to put one teen movie, you should have a teen movie if you're doing a bucket list. And I think this is a good one. Yeah, there, there are. And that, see, that's acceptable to me to get an answer. Like, like whatever your reasons are, they're your reasons and they are completely acceptable. I think that, that, that you find them worth that you would write down and say, you should watch these movies. I don't care what reason it is. It's a good reason because you, you think it's worth it. Um, knowing that you only have a hundred is your limit. Um, right. So for that being said, that's also why I would not put this on my list. I don't, I, my argument for this final new segment area would be that there is nothing new, that's new here that hasn't been done before, just as good or if not better. Um, it retra- it's, fun and entertaining and i will have the final thing say yeah it's it's good i would watch it if it's on tv give it a go watch the whole thing and you'll enjoy it but as for my bucket list no way i think i'm I'm not gonna pick a movie that's replaces it because i there's i would just rather use that slot for another movie that i think is should be watched Mm. Uh, because that one, I don't, I don't, I don't personally think that there needs to be tops and genres and things like that. I think there are just hundred movies that you should watch for whatever reason. Um, I wonder, I wonder if, uh, high school coming of age movies sort of move on a scale, on a sliding scale because yeah. of the, and again, this, this is not a movie that I watched when I was in its demographic. Um, yeah. When it came out in 04, I had been out of college for two years already. Sure. Um, yeah, but it's still fresh on your mind. I mean, like, you know all that stuff, so it's still very relatable. Yeah, college is not... Not to mention the girls were like our, that were in the show were five years the, older than in you. In the same so, age, yeah. I yeah. think uh, 
yeah, whatever. However so you that were kind of actually think. were in that demographic area, right? It's like we talked about, um, with uh, with Jurassic Park. Um, I mean, middle school girls aren't going to want to watch the show; they don't get it. But people who are seniors and college kids get it. Yeah. So I'm just now because you said that I'm I'm curious where is <laughs> uh eighty five. So Lacey Chabert was born in 82. She's just a little bit younger than me. And Rachel McAdams was born in 78. So she's almost two years, almost three years older than me. Right. So yeah, right there. Right there in the bracket. Of course, they're playing younger, younger characters. But I wonder if there isn't a sense of like, if you're in that, I mean, that's a, that's such a huge, um, time of life for people it's like when of course and it's a huge thing that happens to everyone whenever i talk to somebody and they say that like you know x band is the best and nothing that came after was is ever any it's just complete trash i'm like okay that's just such a lazy opinion like why why even bother talking if you're just gonna say nothing came that nothing that came out after you turned 20 is worth listening to (laughs) <laughs> like, oh, right. that means you discovered music when you came of age, right? right? Became an adult during that whatever five year span, and nothing that's happened to you since has carried the same emotional significance. Like nobody thinks about it that way unless you're me and you or like me and you overanalyze everything. But I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, of course. That was the time. Like that's the time in your life where everything is everything there's so much like the chemical hormones and everything going through your body that you hear a billy joel song for the first time or you know maybe the the hundredth time but this time it means something because you know whatever the endorphins in your brain and all that and are happening okay just just take a step back and go do you really think nothing good has been made since you turned 20 (laughs) Uh, (laughs) right right um but a, you know, a story about high schoolers is really in that thing. You get to, you get to a certain age, you know, I, I noticed this happening in myself. Like the older I got, I was like, I just got complete. You know, I probably hit my mid twenties, 25, 26, and just became completely disaffected with the entire teenager like concept. That's a weird way to say that, but I would, try to watch a show you know somebody told me about or or whatever and it's high schoolers teenagers in high school and i'm like oh you think so much of this stuff is so important but it's not (laughs) it's not none of this matters at all but of course if you're a teenager it does right well that so we did spend a lot of time on on this mean girls thing but we did i was we we waited because you didn't see it last week. I was like, I don't know if I have much to say about this. And <laughs> to be fair, we've talked about a lot of things that are not that are just like in the periphery of this movie, <laughs> not right. not directly related to this movie. To, to but, the movie. What what the so what what do we have next coming out of this thing? Is it is it? Uh, well, we we're got, into, we're going into Halloween time, right? Or I guess yeah, we're into we're October. Solid, yeah. We're into October, and so we can finally get to these horror and thriller movies that are on this list we're going to kick it off with i scrolled down on my list uh evil dead 
Bruce Campbell, 1981. This is 1981. This is the first one yeah. that was serious. It's it's Sam Raimi, the uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man guy. I which I bet you the Sam Raimi fans whose heads blew up. They're like, no, <laughs> he's the Evil Dead guy that did Spider-Man. Right, right. I I I, I will admit here live on air that I have not watched this in its entirety. I have seen bits and pieces and never from the beginning and never in the right frame of mood or time <laughs> that I feel that this movie needs to be watched in that I watch it for like five minutes. I'm like, I don't know what's even going on here. And then walked away. So you know. I'm going to say some stuff off the top of my head that might be wrong. And if it is, hopefully I'll remember to research it this week okay. and, and come back with facts next week. But as I understand it, he made this movie and it's just your typical um, horror movie, late 70s. I mean, it's 1981, but late mm-hmm. 70s style horror movie that's at times unintentionally funny just because of the special effects and the writing and whatever of the time. And then in as I'm as I have IMDb in front of me, 1987 made Evil Dead 2, which is I think the same story retold, but embracing that horror movie camp, which oh. became the sort of uh iconic style of Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell uh movies i watched so, so do you think this one was was made was made to be seriously watched as a horror movie and then that's that's my understanding yes i know that i have been in a room where this was on and i don't think that i paid attention to it the whole time i did watch army of darkness first which is like the third one of these okay without knowing what it was like i had you know somebody at school had it on their shared drive or whatever and i was like oh thing and what and it's just complete satire campiness and i expected it to be a real serious movie and i was like what is this is awful it's yeah. terrible and yeah. then later found out it's satirical and i'm like oh okay, okay. so so expectations I'll, were wrong. I'll have to watch this one i'm glad that i'm glad this is one i'm glad that we have on the list if not for a bucket list movie for one that i haven't seen and that i get a chance to actually see so and and devote time to and I don't think I would have otherwise. So that's that's right, right. That's a good one. Hey, so we don't. I know we're short on time as we tend to be doing here lately. Uh, but a couple of things that uh, I'd like to at least maybe touch on here real quick. One is um, I, I've been waiting this week. I, I got a I bought a keyboard for my iPad, and okay. the, the reason is because going back to school, I've been a lot of people have full on laptops that they use, and I just I don't use a laptop often. I use my desktop. Um, mm-hmm. But I use I would always take my iPad to class for notes, right? Right. Um, so worrying, wondering about the viability of that, I went and bought myself a Bluetooth keyboard that I liked, and I actually really do like it. Um, and then did some more research into the iPad as well because Apple Arcade launched, and I've been using my iPad as like I have installed iPad OS, which I didn't know was a thing. I can actually that's move I, files that's and, fairly new. I I ran the update myself and I was like, when did they split this into its own name? Yeah, you can like do its own thing. So you can manage files and things, and it's kind of like a computer. Uh mm-hmm. and I start to be able to use it. And I'm now I'm debating thinking about I should probably buy a mouse because there's some things here that I would like to have it feels natural with a mouse for. Um 
and I didn't know, like, do you have it in, I know you have an iPad now and you've been using it more for reading, but if you put a keyboard on that thing, do you think that you would maybe use it for word processing type stuff or, you know, things you have to type? I've used mine a couple times to um, try and prepare notes for Klingons and Dragons. Uh Um, I'll do because it does split screen as of a couple versions ago. Um, I will do Acrobat, Adobe Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Acrobat in one panel and Dropbox in the other. I've not found a decent file editor for text files in Dropbox, aside from just editing them right in Dropbox. Right. Um, and I don't know. I'm, I'm fairly picky with my keyboards. Um, right. If longtime listeners of the show will know that my, my keyboard <laughs> is very loud. Um, I have a Razer uh, mechanical gaming keyboard with the clicky keys that, it's uh, funny. I, 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 I usually try to edit out all your clicky keys, but this time I got to try to make sure I keep those clickies in. You got to right? keep it in. Otherwise I'll sound like an insane person. Right. Um, I mean, as far back as when I was in college, I used an IBM PS2, which younger listeners will not know what it was, but it was a gigantic heavy keyboard with um, caps that covered the actual keys. So like mechanical keyboards have caps, have keys that come off and it's the whole key the ibm keyboard had those and then had another like plastic cap on top of it um but it was big and loud and drove my roommate crazy which made me happy because (laughs) he was also annoying to me uh but i you know i felt like i could type faster and with more efficiency maybe maybe not accuracy um with that tactile feedback experience um so i've definitely typed and done um stuff on my ipad i don't i don't travel enough or do light enough work to really be able to like work from an ipad Mm -hmm. um because i write code i always want at least a full computer with my editor and uh, terminal tools and all of and all of that kind of stuff but i know that a lot of people do um there's a there's a highly rated uh keyboard case for for the ipad i've also only recently gotten a full-size ipad um you're right yeah so i the thing is that i think that the ipad up until the last month or so actually maybe the last couple of weeks maybe it's just me noticing is mm-hmm. um used to just be a bigger iPhone. That's really all it was. It's just like an iPhone with a bigger screen. Um, And so you would use it to watch movies with or maybe play bigger games um, or read that you couldn't watch on a phone. But it was just all the same stuff. That's been mostly my use case. I know that people, um, my mom has a pro and so does my sister-in-law and she uses it for kind of interior design stuff with the pen. Right. Um, I was going to say that now they really are differentiating themselves for what this device is. And I think the pen was one of the first steps, like putting the pro out, using the pen with it. Now they're putting an iOS, an OS that's specific to that. And with iPad Arcade, the games are, I, I could not, I played um, Ocean, Ocean Horn 2 and a couple other games that you just, yes, you can the play Zelda them like. Yeah. It's like Zelda. It's great. Um, because it's like Zelda. 
and I'm playing Zelda on an iOS, but when I, as soon as I had that <laughs> iPad set up and I had my PlayStation controller in my hand, I was no longer playing an iOS or mobile game. I was playing a console game. Right. And, and my mind was just straight up into that. And all of a sudden I'm sitting here playing it. Um, <laughs> it cause I, it was just like I was sitting at a table type thing and, or at my t- desk or whatever it might be. Um, sure. and, and then I, I stopped because I realized like, Oh, I didn't, I wasn't up for a console game right now, but this is what it is. And then I had to take a step back. And that's what made me think about talking to you about it, is that n- that iPad now is no longer just a phone replacement with a bigger screen. Now it actually, I have to look at this thing as like, I do things differently with my iPad than I do with my phone. And that's kind of cool. Cause it's lightweight. It's very thin. And I can take it around from to class in a small knapsack type thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And be, I mean, that's, you know. that's part of the reason that I stuck with the mini for so long. I was like the, the full size. And this was even before the pro, which is larger than the full size one. I was like, mm-hmm. that's, it's too big. I don't need all that. And then I bought the full size when I had that couple weeks of, of really reading comics. And I got a little bit into comics again this this past weekend when our, our buddy Fox went to New York Comic Con and said something about Walking Dead. And I'm like, you know, I remember the comics being much better than the show. I should probably catch up on those. It's been like yeah, I may seven have, or eight years. I may have something that uh, we'll talk to you about with comics pretty soon. So stay okay. tuned next week when we I, I corner... Dennis on comic book stuff. Um, the only comments, uh, reactions, hot takes I have about the new phones and updates. I've not really done anything with Apple Arcade games on my phone. I don't. So many of them are good, at least that I've seen. They seem really good and really game like focus on a game. When you listed off a bunch of the games you were playing, you made several references to sound and music. Yeah. And I never unmute my phone. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Like I use my phone. I either use my phone visually or audibly. Never both. Yeah. Well, not never. Every once in a while, I'll pull up a YouTube video. But for the most part, I watch YouTube on my computer or on a TV. Mm-hmm. maybe even on the iPad and I watch shows on the iPad, my phone. I look at stuff. I play games without sound. I text message, group message, or I listen to podcasts and audiobooks. Yeah. I never do both. And so uh, like a game with sound, I'm like, what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to unmute my phone while I'm in the bathroom. Right, but you wouldn't... That's weird. Then people right. know. Like, everybody knows that you're on your phone in the bathroom. But right. if your phone is making sound, it's like if I'm at a rest <laughs> stop and somebody answers a Skype call in the next stall over, I'm like, dude, no. Right. What are you doing? Right, right. but but you wouldn't, you wouldn't mute um, Uncharted, right? You wouldn't play no, that. No, right. Mood. And so, so I looked at it and I'm like, this is not what I use my phone for. Right. I have two PCs. I have a PS4. If I'm gaming... This is how I game like that. And I'm glad I'm super excited that Apple Arcade exists and there's a whole uh, library of games without money funnel BS. Yeah. And it's, and just, I, it's just really not for me. I, I want right I want now. a different, but I want a different, I wish there's a different category here to say this is a mobile game on Apple Arcade and this is a game game. Like, I, because right. I'm, I'm playing Grindstone, right. which um, I love. 
and it is somebody give me a give me a meta category distinction between the ocean horn games and something that's like clash royale exactly right that that's made for just quick pick up and easy and go um, i have been i have been um experimenting more with swipe texting which is a thing you know all of oh i try that our, and can never stick with it our android fans will will rave about because android has had it for like 10 years and uh, well smartphones have only really really been a thing for 11 years but android phones have had it for years and apple finally officially has it now they've had it third party keyboards for a couple years but it yeah i don't know i end up fat fingering a lot when i try to thumb type normally um and so for a lot of things it's really good i wish it would know that sometimes i use profanity and (laughs) what you know spell words properly uh in that in that context but if i'm trying to say a lot you know, I'm trying to say almost a paragraph of text. It really does feel faster. I, I, I will say I've always had, since I've had a smartphone, the largest size phone. Right. And and because of that, I always have texted with two thumbs. And I sure. have a hard time going away onto one thumb. And that's that's oh. the problem with the swiping. I like see. I, I hold it with two hands when I'm typing a text. And, and if, I mean, sometimes I'm not saying that I always do that, but if I'm like going to type a little message to you right now, which I'm doing, and I'm saying this is <laughs> I'm typing with two hands and I just t- t- typed it really fast and I hit send with two hands, but doing that with like, because it's a big phone, my fingers don't reach all the way across. Yeah. Um, your, your finger has to move a long way. There's a floating keyboard thing on the iPad OS, which is nice. I used that a little bit. Um, it's very hard to swipe text in a moving vehicle. I was a passenger, mm. not driving, but, uh, I think that I usually do swipe texting with my index finger. I don't know. I would have to do it now to remember how, Yeah. but, uh, uh but so, so I the last thing, and, and I don't actually want to spend time on this cause it's, I think this deserves at least 10, 15 minutes, but we, next week let's, I'd like to start off talking about the Picard trailer that launched at San Diego comic-con. Yeah. Or that's not San Diego, New York comic-con. New York um, comic-con. Yeah, so I mean, it's I I will say to me is I'm it's me personally, it's it's just the same amount of hype that the first Picard trailer had. I think um, it's got people in it you, that are awesome, you, and it's you didn't get more hype seeing Brent Spiner, uh, Jonathan Frakes, and Marina Satiris. No, because they they had uh, I mean you knew they were going to be in it, but they they had oh, uh, I didn't I didn't Jerry. Know. maybe there's a. Maybe there's a trailer in between that I didn't see. Uh, there, there's because there was Jerry Ryan in the last one, mm-hmm. um, and I think that they mentioned or Data was in the last one. I thought um, I was almost I sure he was. That. So, so it was kind of like I was hyped. I liked it. There's it, it was all it was just more of what was from the first one kind of type thing. So I'm like, yeah, this is definitely a good. And and I I'm a, I will say we'll talk more about it next week. I won't watch any more of these trailers. Because I think mm. I've seen everything that I've I want to enough. see about it, confirming that it's going to be a show that I am definitely going to watch. And I do not want a, another spoiler moment. I think <laughs> the fact that they showed um, Riker would have been better served if I was watching the show. So, okay, huh. we can talk about that next week. But, okay, okay, yeah, but, I got to yeah. not. We'll, we'll, 
Yes, again. next week. So anyway, I wanted to recognize that we saw it. Dennis and I did have seen it, and it's something I know for anyone who's Star Trek people out there that listens. That yes, we recognize it, and we'll we'll talk about it. Not for seventy minutes, but we'll you know. <laughs> maybe and maybe we can get our buddy Fox on because he was there, and uh, we'll get some of his right, right. his in person impressions or 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 uh, Captain Chris because he's a big Trek fan. That's true. That's right. true. Okay, big, well, that's that's cool. That's Lots more to talk about, but that's good enough. We we did lots of Mean Girls today. Yeah, we did. All right. We're good? Yeah, well, I'm good. I'm awesome. We saved like, I think 14 lives is what my little ticker says. So Nice. We're nice. good. Well, you've been listening to The Front Porch. This is our 100, no, this is our 111st episode. 111 years bit. old. Yay. Didn't uh, thanks as always to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. If you like Star Trek role-playing or star trek role-playing check out our other show klingonsdragons.com it is not safe for work they don't have 111 episodes yet no no we're up to like 25 26 if you have questions or comments feedback on the show you can tell us your favorite chosen bucket list teen movie uh you can email us frontporchpod at gmail.com if you go on our website, frontporchpodcast.com, we got contact forms, we got comment boxes on every episode, we got the list of 100 movies for the 2020 challenge, it's always subject to change. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, anywhere podcasts are found. Thanks as always for joining us, and until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time. Bye.